Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 62 of the 167 podcast. I am Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, as always with my good friend Josh Harrell, our media pastor. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? Uh Uh-huh. It's going fine. Also in the studio... He always asks the questions. Hey, we got the full pastoral staff here we today. We do. We have Justin Crenshaw, our student and worship pastor. Hey, Justin. Hi. <laughs> and Kristen Bembry, the kids pastor Hi, and guys. our administrator. What? What? Hi, guys. I was about to call you the sandwich maker. I want, oh, no, that's <laughs> not. Mm. That was unrehearsed. She's not okay You're with dead that. to me. <laughs> So she will only be re- she will only be answering any questions on today's episode Stop by it. saying, "Josh, please ta- s- say to Shannon." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Justin, welcome home. You Thanks. went skiing. We did. We went skiing, Winter Place, West Virginia. It was awesome. Mountain Mama. Mountain Mama. Such good. Yeah. 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 Even though Josh doesn't like John Denver, I don't. I know. He's a talented. I fella, mean, Josh. he really I mean, was talented. I'm not. I'm not questioning his talent. I just don't like his music. Yeah. Like, I'm not the guy... You remember when, like, he won CMA Artist of the Year and the guy that announced it? Was like, John? No, he lit He lit the oh, thing on fire. No, I don't know. About and, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, when John Denver won the Entertainer of the Year for the CMAs, oh. he was remote because he was in, like, a... He was on tour or something, and they mm-hmm. piped him in on satellite. <laughs> and the guy that read his name took out a cigarette lighter and lit oh. it on fire and said, John Denver, and then walked it's off It's probably stage. like David Allen Coe or someone was like, what? Well... I don't think he was a very well well liked guy. He was well respected, but he yeah. wasn't well liked. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't think the country music industry liked him at all. He was no. bro country before bro country. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was like a folk, folk. I don't know. Anyway, how do we get there? Back to the ski trip. Um, great. We had a little <laughs> a slight mishap with our bus. We had, we broke down the first time in twelve years of doing a hey, ski trip. That's that's a good. Never had any bus problems. But shout out to Holt Travel. They mm-hmm. made it right. They did they did us right and they took care of us. So um, shout out. It was a great great time. We missed it last year because of COVID. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, this trip is a really integral part because it it happens midway between you know midway mm-hmm. through the year and we need that momentum to carry us through. For sure. Uh, the rest of the year, so. Yeah, I, I had that same vibe with um, for the momentum that you're talking about with the journey weekend for uh, our fifth graders and then our sixth and seventh graders. So, absolutely, uh, I think that's something really good. So, Kristen, what's happening with you? Did you go skiing or anything? I didn't go skiing. <laughs> I didn't go anywhere for winter break. I <laughs> sat at the house with the children. <laughs> Sounds like fun. It was super fun. <laughs> have, have you met her kids? It wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> I did get all of my Christmas trees planted. Oh, I was about yes. to say, you just are taking down your Christmas tree? No, no, no. Tree? I got trees for Christmas. Oh, and okay. And they finally put them oh, in the Oh, I thought you were growing me. your own Christmas tree. I do. Tree. That's my Fraser next fur. The, the, the if this tree. whole church thing doesn't pass out, work yeah. out. I'm pass, pass, pass out. Pass out. <laughs> wow, that's where we've gone. That's where we've gone. Hey, uh, let's talk about really what is the most important thing for us to talk about today. The Super Bowl halftime show. Any thoughts? Loved it. I loved it. <laughs> loved it every second of it. I, I loved it. Yeah. I'm loved ju- it. I was just a, like I'm. I'm just past that time frame. I mean, I know those artists and everything, and 
but like I can't sing the songs and and stuff. But yeah, head nodding the whole time. <laughs> Loved mm-hmm. it. The the surprise with Fifty Cent was probably my favorite part because yeah. the other guys were kind of a little past me. Well, yeah. Eminem not, but Eminem and Fifty Cent were probably my two favorite parts. Yeah. Oh man, Dre yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. So so talented. Yep. Yeah. It was good. Grant loved the whole thing. I'm a little worried. I know. Yeah. All our all our students did too. They were just into it. It was great. Grant is a bro. Straight up. Like y'all pray for me. I'm really like, worried about him. He's gonna he's gonna have that truck that's lifted in the front no. and dropped. No, in the back. he will not. No, he's not that much of a bro. They he's call not. that posting up. Is, is it, that what they call it? It's posted up when it's like has, this. Has yeah. Carson that done that with he his wants truck? To, no, I won't. I'm, you're like, like, no, said, you're going to pay for that yourself if you want to do that. <laughs> I'm not paying He can for just, it. T- you know what he can do? The cheap version is just um, let the air out of the back, his back two tires a little bit. <laughs> buy smaller <laughs> tires. It'll be the sound every time he goes down the road. Just buy smaller tires for the back. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, hey, listeners, I'm sure you're like, really? Really, this is what we're doing today? This is where we're going? No. Well, yeah. I think it's kind of good we start off with all our... This is this is our staff. This You've just heard our staff meeting, basically. Um, but we wanted to, and I totally call, called an audible this morning, quick-like. Um, of course, because Josh and I always plan on, you know, our Tuesday mornings are set aside for this. But I was like, hmm, uh, let's see if Kristen and Justin could be on here as well so that... Um, the whole staff is a part of this conversation and can kind of speak into and weigh on, weigh in on um, kind of the conversations we've been having. So, um, wow, we've been talking about the United Methodist Church and what's going on. And we've talked about this before, Josh, yeah. um, in previous episodes. Yep. Um, but it's kind of dates and deadlines and timelines are starting to... I guess, it, you know, if there was, like, one of those, like, flashing buttons or a countdown clock on the wall, you know, mm-hmm. like in the movies we see, like, we're getting down to that kind of, that those critical moments where you got to make some decisions and we need, like, MacGyver to come in and do something, um, or MacGruber. <laughs> MacGruber! <laughs> I prefer MacGruber, I think. <laughs> um, so, I wanted us to talk about that, and I did mention, briefly, not not really in any kind of depth, in the message on Sunday, right? Uh, as we were in the second week of our series, Toxic Theology, um, I talked about the uh, just some of the issues in the UMC, which most people, if you read the news, watch the news, whatever, it, it's all centered around and focused on the um, the topic of um, sexuality, um, homosexuality, um, who can be ordained, who can't, who can be married, who can't, who you know, all those. Um, that kind of central focus and that is um, one of many issues that actually I think stem from deeper more theologically based doctrinal issues um, that that's kind of come out of but of course that's the one that's going to get the media that's going to get the attention you know So um, I kind of waded into those waters a little bit on Sunday is in regard to toxic theology and, and some of these things. So I wanted us to talk about it today. So I guess before we really, you know, I've got some notes and I've shared them, of course, with, with you guys. But um, I don't know. I'm just ready. Here we go. If someone walked up to you right now and said, hey, what in the world is going on in the United Methodist Church and why are you affiliated with it? Or why is our church affiliated with it? Give me your answer. <laughs> Who wants to start? 
Crickets, right? This is this is great for a for a podcast. I guess I'll start. Um, I'm not a lifelong United mm-hmm. Methodist. I yep. mean, I grew up. No so, one around this table. Is. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah. none, none of us are. That, that's what that's two what makes former Baptists and two former Catholics. That's what makes yeah. this church so. That's like a joke. Yeah. Fantastic. That is a joke. <laughs> two Catholics and two Baptists walk, walk into, into a podcast into a library. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Make it to heaven, the pearly gates, and St. Peter says. Um, I guess I'll start. I mean, this is just all. You know, I, I, I try to keep an outsider's perspective on some of this, Shannon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't, for, for me, I guess, I know it's something that you have to deal with a lot more than the rest of us around mm-hmm. this table. Yep. But for me, like, I keep my head down, I, you know, my ministry and this, that, and the other. And I don't worry too much about what's going on mm-hmm. in the larger. I mean, I read up and I, I want right. to make sure, but I, I don't concern myself with it on the daily. Mm-hmm. Probably as much as obviously as much as you would, right? But from an from my perspective, if if I were to answer that question, it would be at some somewhere along the line we have lost um, mm-hmm. it, it, what this thing was supposed to be as a denomination, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it, we we the, the the central the main thing is not the main thing anymore, mm-hmm. and it, you're right that the the issues of um, homosexuality mm-hmm. and marriage and, and um, biblical marriage and, mm-hmm. and men, women, all that stuff and ordination, that's a, that's symptomatic of the larger issue. And we're, I know we're going to get to this, but to me, it's the larger issue is uh, one of them is the foundation of Scripture. Um, yes. The, yeah. I mean, I think that is the, the um, you know, I think of like a Jenga tower. And that's the one that's <laughs> like, you pull that one and everything's going to go down eventually. Yep. I mean, yep. it, my, and I, and I almost, if, if we're the, if we're the Jenga tower right now, we are, we are really, I mean, it just need a little bit of a, <laughs> a table a breeze. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I guess, um, I get, I get my chaps busted a lot by like, uh, my Baptist pastor friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're at the age where now they're moving from, um, associate pastor to lead pastor roles sure those guys are and uh they're just like they'll bust bust my chap about being a methodist when they know what's going on and then when it what it really comes down to is you y'all say that the church our church doesn't agree with the stuff that's happening in the umc and they go so why are y'all sticking around mm-hmm. right because at the sbc the southern baptist convention if you're if you don't like one of the loosely things that you're connected to you mm-hmm. just stop being connected with it like right. you pull right. all your funding you you just like if the international mission board's not doing what it's supposed to do you just cut ties cut ties that's yeah. because yeah. of the autonomy in the S- yeah, yeah that, so, and that's in the, so like, the governance structure yeah. so and i don't have a good answer for this because i'm probably the newest I'm, i mean i am the newest methodist in this room mm-hmm. is like why are we still mm-hmm. attached to something that we know contradicts the bible and what we believe is a church mm-hmm. yeah yeah. I always start with it's really complicated and there's not a short answer. So how much information do you want? Because how much time do you how have? much time do you have? I like because a lot of times I'm like, Justin, I keep my head down. Kids are, you know, pretty simple. They don't get caught uh-huh. up in the politics and all the stuff behind it. And we just turn learn about Jesus. But I like when people start to ask, I'm like, you do you have a lot of time? Because I mean, it's it's not just what the media is portraying. It's not just about, you know, homosexuality and, mm-hmm. you know, ordaining men and women and all of that kind of stuff. It's 
it's there's financial aspects to it and there's um you know the whole inerrancy of scripture which i think Mm -hmm. is the main part but it just gets so convoluted so quickly and there's so many different pieces that move that makes it really really hard to give someone a tldr kind of answer (laughs) for those non people that know what tldr means too long didn't read Uh like it's they want the short version paragraphs and paragraphs of a, of a social media post or a text message and you just go you just nope. described me no nah. so <laughs> i'm wordy <laughs> no you're you're like you're, just you're at the right amount of well i try to give information well, when, it, when when needed yes and see tldr people do it too often oh like if you drop it occasionally mm-hmm. then okay you get my attention if you go into a long thing you have my attention if you don't do it regularly. If formatting rate, is also really important yeah. in your TLDR. Pardon? Formatting. Oh, yeah. Like Break it up into paragraphs. Like, yeah. like no, one long run-on sentence, not I've learned, I've learned to skim read your, your oh, great. TLDRs. I, I, but I get what needs to be gotten out of them. And I, over the years, I've learned. No, and I get it. I'm good. I, I feel like I've read the entire thing because... <laughs> I can skim it, and I can get the gist. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's good. No, I'm going to start good hiding codes in there. And She's going to put like, drop little. Did you really read it? Uh-huh. She'll say something about a big green alien. alien yeah. <laughs> what? What? So, okay. First letter, fifth word, second line. I had a professor right. in college that would do that just to make sure you read the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Just drop little deals that <laughs> had nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, then we can all say that we've had these conversations or we've, you know, they've come up with people we know or whatever. And even amongst ourselves, it's been like this, what's going on in the UMC. It's not new. Number one, it's been around for a long time. It's even been around longer than the actual denomination, which we're 53 years old. Um, but, um, even more so, I mean, you could go way back and, and read some of the issues that were starting to happen with modernism, you know, kind of creeping into, um, the the doctrine of the church but um so it's nothing new it's not just what we're what we're seeing uh, as like a a news you know a mm-hmm. a little tidbit there that that goes out that that's the the juicy details kind of thing which i would even think with some of your friends josh as you mentioned that are they say they know what's going on like how much do they really know what's oh going no on? they they know more than the media narrative but mm-hmm. to say that they know the right. inside narrative is different mm-hmm. because even even being outside the SBC, I know a little bit more than the main media mm-hmm. narrative that's going on, but I don't know the ins and outs like they do. Right. Well, so okay, I guess then maybe the what's the big deal is mm-hmm. is kind of the the thing to talk about. So we've already mentioned some of this, and I alluded to this a little bit on Sunday, uh, was that there are. Within the United Methodist Church, there are bishops. Bishops oversee uh, conferences, and there's, I don't even know how many conferences, there's a handful, more than a handful of conferences, um, but they oversee large areas, and they oversee churches and pastors in those conferences. But there are bishops. There are annual conferences. So we're a part of the South Georgia Annual Conference. There are agencies of the church, um, you know, trying to think of one we all might know of like the upper room is one is an agency i'm not saying this they're part of this but that's an agency of the church there are pastors there are seminaries connected with the umc there are lay people and all of and there are these people within the united methodist church who are and i got an audible gasp at the 9 30 service on sunday when i said this there are those people that are denying the inerrancy of scripture 
That should Auto, cause a gasp. Actually, I don't know if that was the one. Here was the next one that caused the gasp. They deny the deity of Jesus Christ. Okay? Yeah. Um, deny the necessity of atonement through Jesus for salvation, as if there were another way. Uh, deny that biblical marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, defy the current United Methodist law that ordained clergy either be celibate in singleness or committed in heterosexual marriage. Um, and so those are some, but not all, of the reasons for this this doctrinal impasse. Now, like, so th- one of the questions is, why are we still a part of it? That's a question. Mm-hmm. And then the other question is, so there are th- people that have um, different opinions, and they would say based on Scripture, within the denomination that are not seeing eye to eye. Why? Why do we have this impasse? Why is there this um, this impasse between the orthodox traditional uh, people and liberal people, or orthodox traditional uh, Methodists based on scripture and liberal Methodists? Um, and it's because of going beyond what we're all talking about. Like you were saying with the SBC, you can just, you know, pick up your tent stakes and, and go, you know, mm-hmm. whether you're an individual church or maybe a, a larger association or yeah, state or yeah. uh, run thing, um, is that we have a bureaucracy, we have a government, we have a, a government function that does not allow for easy exit or easy change. I mean, this is a big, big, big ship that um, is hard to turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Especially when it's on fire. <laughs> and so people are going, why don't you jump off the ship? It's on fire. <laughs> and that's the question. So uh, anyone want to chime in before we kind of go into well, kind of answering these questions? So why are we still a part of it? I guess before we get to why we're still a part of it, mm-hmm. the question I would have or I do have is why did – because I know you don't get a vote at General Conference. We have selected people yep. in this area that actually get a vote for General Conference. Why did it get so bad? Like, why why did this stuff go get to be the point to where we have bishops uh-huh. that aren't sanctifying the Bible? Uh-huh. Like, how did those people get in power? Uh-huh. Like, um, how did it get that bad that, th- that this was so seated in uh-huh. the denomination? Yeah. Um, at um, jurisdictional conferences, which is, like, way up there, um, bishops are elected and you have people with like like politics you have people with agendas and uh certain people get uh nominated and they get voted upon and they get put in in those positions so uh part of the governing structure excuse me the governing structure of the umc um allows for that and again that can't just be changed on the spot um so it's it's a it's a bureaucratic issue as much as it it I don't want to say as much as it is, but the bureaucracy is as much a part of why things are not changing or being done quickly, um, as much as anything else. So when someone asks like why haven't you left, the one thing you want to say is, listen, uh, at this particular church, and so we could say it at the Porch Community Church. We are abiding by Scripture. It is above all. Uh, we don't let uh, any anything uh, would, that would come in and usurp that and uh, try to change that or anything like that. We're not going to allow that. 
And there are many, many churches that have that same exact feeling. Um, so we certainly aren't the lone, the lone church out there. There are a lot of Orthodox traditional churches out there. Um, but the system is set up in such a way that it's just not easy to change. So, so why are we still a part of this? Um, I would say you know, some might ask, and, and it makes sense why they would. Why, why don't liberal churches leave the United Methodist Church if they are in such doctrinal disagreements? Um, my top answer to that is I don't know, <laughs> um, except for the fact that um, I would say the people that are proponents of a, a lot of these, um, I would say way far from conservative, far from orthodox teaching and understanding of scripture is that they really truly believe it. And they really truly believe that I, that is the way to go. And they have received this teaching, this understanding, whatever. They have a voice within this denomination. So why would they leave? I mean, that, that to me is the, the best reasoning that I can come up with. Someone else might have something else, but I don't know <clears throat> um, why. So then others might ask, again, rightly so, well, then why don't conservative churches leave the umc if bishops and councils and whatnot won't uphold what we say we believe i mean we there's a lot of churches that are standing up and saying the apostles creed on a sunday morning yet doctrinally they don't agree with it that's crazy <laughs> so you know uh that said that they say i believe in god the father and and they are you know i believe in jesus christ his only son you know they say these things i might have just thrown in the nicene creed there a little bit um but i wouldn't know um but denying (laughs) the deity and the trinity and these things so i just i don't understand so here's the main reason um that churches uh, traditional churches especially but i would even say that that liberal churches are, are found in the same predicament um, that churches have not left before now is because in the United Methodist Church we have the trust clause. Dun dun dun. dun, dun. dun. Yes, which I just think the word that word trust has has lost its meaning. <laughs> um, if someone time, says trust, is I usually don't trust it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's do a trust fall right after this. No, with mm, Josh. No, <laughs> yeah. don't. I know. So here's what the trust clause in the UMC stipulates um, that. All right, I'll, let's just talk about the Porch Community Church. Here's an example uh, that our buildings, so our, our main building, our auditorium and all that, we have the backyard, which is where our kids are and our younger, you know, itty-bitties. We've got a really nice property here and everything on it. <clears throat> uh, we've got some uh, tech equipment and, and sound equipment and, and those things and just a lot of stuff. All right, with the trust clause, all those things. Oh, and we have a bank account. Mm-hmm. We do. <laughs> With um, money in it. <laughs> yep, yep. And so all of those things, even though they have, like, like we pay a mortgage mm-hmm. and it has our name on it um, and, and our name's in this, it is held in trust with the United Methodist Church. Yes. So when you get down to brass tacks, and especially in the state of Georgia, Georgia law really, they view trust clause as, as good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> That if we decided to pull up pull up stakes and leave, the only stakes we would be pulling up are ourselves, <laughs> because the there's nothing that we could go with. There's nothing that a church could do that wanted to leave the UMC, um, and just say we're out. They would take nothing with them. This is the trust clause. Mm-hmm. It's been in place forever and ever. 
Um, and it was initially put into place to to guarantee to congregations that they would have um, good pastoral leadership, that they would provide for them, that they would be part of something larger than themselves. And it really was a trust clause. And over time, it's been used as a punitive um, towards churches. Mm-hmm. It really has. You know, like those mafia movies where, like, the guy, the enforcers come into the businesses and, like, hey, have you paid your protection money? <laughs> or we're gonna, or we're what? gonna burn down we're the gonna building. Take your knees out. That's what it sounds like. It's oh like, wow! Oh <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. For me, it's like we're. <clears throat> it's become something that we're holding this. It's the the cloud over all mm-hmm. the churches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're holding this over you uh, to protect not you, but. The organization, yeah, yes, self-preservation, it's self-preservation of the system at it, at its finest, yeah. right there. And that, and my opinion is coming from someone that the if the church buys something, it's the churches, it's not the association or the denomination. So it just it just really seems weird that we're using our money to buy things that we technically don't own, <laughs> or we're paying a mortgage for a building that we don't own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could say I remember um, as we were formulating as a church, and we had our uh, someone who was on the board that they've rolled off since then. But I really appreciated that they they were talking about apportionments, which is the the annual fees, if you will, that we pay to the denomination to be a part of it, and that we and and, and yes, they do uh, some of that money goes to missions and and sem- seminaries like in Africa, yeah. which is where Methodism is just really blowing up in a great way. Um, so, but then there's a lot of that money that just goes to provide for the agencies, to provide mm-hmm. for the system itself. And and this uh, this person said it's kind of like a franchise fee. You're just paying to have the, you're just paying to have the logo. You're paying to have the name. Um, and and uh, I was like, oh yeah, that is kind of mm-hmm. thing. Even though we don't use the logo or you know anything or even in our name, but that's kind of what you think of when you think of those apportionments. Mm-hmm. That that's how that works. Um, so, so the main reason that people don't just pull up stakes and leave is, is because of the trust clause. Um, I think, I don't think the United Methodist Church would even be a denomination. This is my personal opinion. If there weren't a trust clause, I don't think it would be in place anymore. Mm -mm. Um, I think a lot of people would have gone a lot of different ways and I'm, I'm talking wherever you find yourself on this spectrum of what you believe or don't believe or agree with or whatever. Um, I think it would have folded a long, long time ago. But, Justin, you made a good point. I just think there's a um, – it, it's it's the, the perpetuation of the, of a system, of a bureaucratic system. And, and I don't know if when people get down to it and look at it, if they go, oh, I'm, I'm part of this, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. If I don't really... think a lot of people realize how big of an organization they're a part of mm-hmm. when they partner with us or with another yeah. United Methodist Church. Yeah. Um, so, so then I guess the, the next question would be, uh, or thought is, okay, then, so these apportionments that we mentioned, these fees that we talk about, um, there's not, so it's not just the trust clause that keeps you, but there's also, um, annual apportionments, annual fees that are paid to the conference and, um, for some churches, they are hundreds of thousands of dollars because mm-hmm. there's a formula that is that's that is um, done that has to do with your membership, 
your um, attendance, the your, amount of money you bring in, your budget, mm-hmm. the amount you the, the amount you budgeted, and the amount Versus you bring amount, in, yep. and all these things, and it, and it comes up. There's the whole formula. It's a lot for of math. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And so, like currently, ours is about. This, this year we pay about twenty six thousand yeah, dollars. So month. I rounded yeah. up to thirty thousand mm-hmm. in my brain, but just to so and that's really low compared to some of these churches that have been around for years and years yeah. and years. Yes, and our and we're still on a um, ours will go up because of we're three years into being a church, and so we're on a on a scale right now. Yeah, we didn't pay right. We don't pay at first, and then you pay a little bit, and you get all the way up to where yeah. you you're a hundred percent. But. And, and that's and that's something to to think about. But the greater cost, in my opinion, is the um, the witness for the kingdom mm, of yeah. God. <laughs> um, and is is there a, are we paying a cost um, by are, are we being a good representative of Jesus um, by continuing to to be part of of this larger system that's just not working? Mm-hmm. That's just not working. I don't know. Y'all want to chime in on that? I, I think I think the answer to that is is very is possibly, probably yes. Um, you, you know, obviously every mainline denomination has its issues. You know, it, we, we we all know what's going on on the SBC right now with some of the race stuff mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you know the the misogyny stuff and all the stuff. We all have our issues because we all have stuff. Because you know what? Created. Yes, you know, we're, we're all they all have people in them. We're, we're people. all <laughs> You know, and, and going back to, you know, how people feel about church in general right now. Mm. Right? There's a there's a big distrust, distrust, mm-hmm. hurt. Um, and, you know, those of us who 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 are who work here and we're, we're ministry is our is our is our life and livelihood. It, it's it's difficult to watch because we're we're also one of those people. Yeah, that yep. we're you know, yep. we work and worship in the same place. Mm-hmm. And that that's a deal. But for, for me, like I, I agree, I think. I think because of we've something fundamental has has shifted, and you know, for me, it's the larger issue of of what do people think when they know that we are a part of a, a, a system that even even people who aren't up on all the latest, they know um, that that the UMC no longer stands for what they said mm-hmm. they stood for. Um, you know, in, in years past, yeah, it's a, and even for someone who's not at lifelong UMC or people who are Baptists and uh, other part of other denominations and they'll, they'll say to me, why are you still a part of it? Mm -hmm. I said, me personally, I serve my church Mm -hmm. and I love my church Mm -hmm. and we want to see people come to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line for us. We, and, and we, although we do need to be aware and we do, we are concerned about the greater picture and we'll get to that eventually. Um, there, like I say, it's not as easy as just pulling up stakes and mm-hmm. leaving. Mm-hmm. There, yeah. There's money involved and there are things where we've had things hold, you know, that are being held over us yeah. a little bit right now. And so it does, I think it does hurt our witness, you know, mm-hmm. now hopefully when someone walks in the doors, right. And experiences mm-hmm. yeah. what God's doing here, that all goes out the window. Yes. But, but if someone's but, not, you got to get people in the door. Yeah, that that hurts. Yeah, it big. It hurts big time. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The perception. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and That's I think the word I was looking for. It, it, it left me. Yeah, just I mean, just that perception of being a so, because we're not one of the churches that would make the media narrative. No, but the but because we're a UMC, we instantly get attached to the churches that make 
the media narrative. Mm-hmm. And that is and that is the dangerous part is the association mm-hmm. that that we are standing with these churches that are blatantly disregarding the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think on a more local scale, we have I mean, people in our community know about our church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um they probably they they probably get hit with two sides of wow, I hear these great things going on. Why are you a part of this? And and I don't know if you wanted to Anything. No, go ahead. Well, the, the whole thing is, is that someone who's listening might go, well, then why are you, why are we just now talking about this? Like, why, why are we just now having this conversation? If this has been going on for a while, for decades, if it just seems to be like slowly the, the flame is getting turned up more and more and more, um, why are we talking about this now? Why haven't we been talking about it? And I'll say from a personal perspective, of, from the perspective of uh, pastoring a church, um, th- and this has been my response. I was even talking to the ministry board about this uh, a week ago. Was um, it why why continually talk about something that's on a much bigger scale that doesn't directly affect you in the day to day if you don't even have a solution or an option or a direction in which to go to help the problem, right? And, um, so though for some people who are listening to this, or maybe you're going to start reading emails or posts or hearing us talk on, on Sunday nights, or we've got a special meeting on Tuesday, February 22nd, uh, where we're going to get together and talk these things out, um, that someone goes, why, why haven't heard about this before? Well, it's not because it was hidden or we were hiding it from you. It's just, we didn't have a, any, anything to offer that could bring a solution. Mm-hmm. And so in the meantime, we were just being faithful to the gospel in the context we were in and saying, let's, let's shine the light on Jesus here. You don't want, the, you don't want to muddy the, the ministry. No. Waters. No. Oh my goodness. And that's muddying the waters. Yeah. 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 And, and, hey, come here. By the way, we've got a mess going on right. way up high. Because in the bureaucracy yeah, we don't even church. know. No, <laughs> if you, you can talk about it, but if you talk about it too much, people are going to leave. Yeah. Well, yeah. they're going to get like, discontent. If they're, gonna, if they're concerned. Oh, this is a mess. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. 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 Well, and even up until recently, it looked like the system was actually going to work to resolve it. Yes, and, and, it did. And now right. we have to step in and do something because it looks like the system that is in place to protect us and allow this hmm. is going to fail. Yeah, and that goes back to the whole clock ticking, right. um, you know, we like, need MacGruber to come in and do something. So. <laughs> like the cl- like everything, everything was moving forward. Take COVID out of the equation. <laughs> Everything was moving forward. COVID enters the equation, yeah, screws yeah. up the entire process that was happening. Right, right. And now it just, it looks like it's COVID has blown mm-hmm. the the process it's to make it, this work. Yeah, it yeah. looks like it's almost impossible for it to work as the way the system was set up. Or it right, was and it, a, yeah, it's able to getting down this. to the to to the wire on that. And I would say, if uh, again, just to go back to reiterate this, like for someone who's going. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know this was going on. If you have been, um, as as far as a ministry, of course, the staff, we've talked about it. We've been talking about it for, for years. years. Yeah. Um, as soon as, uh, like, the Wesleyan Covenant Association became an association, um, I personally joined it, and I know I shared that with you guys, and, the, you know, we'll share articles and stuff, and, and they're the more traditional orthodox side of the conservative side of, of this. Um and I've been a part of that and have read that. And, and even as we were um, developing as a church and we knew that we were going to be launching and starting 
we knew where we stood theologically together as a mm-hmm. staff and as yep. a church and as a leadership. Um, I think you can listen to any single one of our messages that we have archived ever, 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 and you will find that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's who we are. It's in our DNA. Um, but, you know, so staff, we've talked about it. If you've been on ministry board or in leadership um, for the time we've been here, or even before we launched out from downtown at First Methodist, we've been a part of those conversations. So it's not that it's been secret or hidden. It's just we might not have, you know, we're not going to stand up on a Sunday and be like, hey, we're so glad you're here today. Let's talk about how screwed up everything is. (laughs) And now let us pray, you know, like when we're done. Like (laughs) We've done this podcast for over a year, and this is the second second or third episode to discuss it because it's not the main it's not the main thing like our not for us no but it's been on the back burner for a really long time and it's it's just really boiling hard right now yes it's starting to affect us that's why Mm. we're addressing Mm. it yeah my you know my my opinion Mm -hmm. yep yep so so there are a few scenarios that are before us with that that clock ticking and the calendar and everything in front of us and one particular scenario is is one that most definitely the ministry board has talked about and we've been hopeful about, and as a staff we've been hopeful about, and that is that um, in 2019 a, a provision was made available. A group of people got together um, from the conservative side, from the liberal side, even from the centrist side. It was driven by a bishop in Africa who's now deceased, Um, But he was the driving force of this, and it was, which made it wonderful because it wasn't like, okay, just the conservative white people in America got together and put this Mm -hmm. thing. I mean, it was driven by um, someone from another continent. I didn't know he passed. He was in a car accident. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, About a year ago, year and a half ago. So, um, so all this was going, that happened. And from that, they came up with, long name here, ready, the Protocol for Reconciliation and Grace Through Separation. Mm, that, I think it's the same term that Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, what's his name had? Um, yeah, Chris Martin. Yeah, Chris Martin, whenever. They, they un- what'd they do? They uncoupled? What'd uncoupled. They? It's, there was another word, something uncoupling, yes. like lovingly uncoupled or yeah, something. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think of every time I read it. So anyway. Stupid. So the Protocol of Reconciliation and Grace Through Separation. I wonder why I don't watch movies. Let's just call it Protocol, the Protocol. So this was, this was introduced as like, look, there is an impasse. We're not going to agree. Can we just go our separate ways? Go and, and, I mean, it wasn't even like, hey, you're wrong and I'm right. It was like, listen, if that's what you believe, then go and do that. But let me go. Let our church go. Let our people, let my people go. And let's just do our, let's just do our thing, right? I'm seeing some biblical parallels here. <laughs> that's great. So um, that is one scenario we've been very, very hopeful for, is that the protocol would be brought before a the general conference, which is the only body that can make decisions for the church. And it was going to come before them in 2020 because the protocol was introduced in at, 2019. Huh? Wasn't it, intru- it introduced at the general conference in 2018? And no. And it never made it? Okay. No. The protocol, there was a few other plans that have been out there, but this has been the one that everyone has been this one stuck. in agreement on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is good. Okay. And at 2020 is when um, in the, I don't know, late, like August, September of 2020 is when... 
that was supposed to be voted on. Delegates from all over the world were going to come and vote. And, and the hope and, and the, the real vibe across the board was that this was going to pass. And what that would do is that protocol has within its wording that there is no, the trust clause is no longer upheld. And so churches could go and uh, realign with a new denomination. Um, and so that, and that's key. It's not that they could just go and they do could their take own their thing. Stuff. They could go and realign with another denomination. They could they just go to keep their, their building yes. and all of that keep stuff. Everything they could their go. accounts, everything. Yes. So it basically just kind of do away with the trust clause. Well, as Josh mentioned, there was this thing called COVID that happened. Little and, thing. No big deal. Um, goodness gracious. And so they didn't have it in 2020. It got postponed to 2021. That didn't happen again because of COVID. And so um, actually in the next two or three weeks, there is a council on general conference. Okay. And they meet, every, you know, before the general conferences. And basically they kind of determine like what is uh, – are we going to meet and what's going to the agenda of the meeting and they hear different stuff. Well, the council's meeting in a couple of weeks and at that council, they're supposed to be determining whether general conference 2022 will occur because yeah. mm-hmm. 20 and 2021 have been, have been canceled. So 22 is what we're supposed to be meeting. And I, I'm not making any sense right now. Okay. So if they cancel 2022, okay. let's say the council votes, COVID traveling from all over the world yep. is too difficult. Mm. What happens if they cancel 2022? Well, let me say one more thing about the, um, before the, if they cancel it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, and this is where it starts to, I start to get kind of angry, I think maybe a little bit and, and maybe righteous anger. I'd hope it's what it would be is that, um, the, the reason 2020, I mean, it was just rampant. No one knew what was going on with yeah, COVID. That, 2020, yeah. 2021 even was kind of an issue. But now with 2022 looming, um, the uh, the Wesleyan Covenant Association and other groups got together, I mean, and gave money to make sure that delegates to general conference from all over the globe were getting access to the... Um, uh, Vaccines. 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 Thank you. Um, so that they would be able to qualify to get a visa to come to the United States. And when these groups started to make vaccinations available, some some people, some groups, um, basically were like, you're just, you're buying votes. And, and to some degree, uh, they were saying, this is colonialization all over again. So, and that was just like, what? No, they're just trying to get people vaccinated. Okay, so there's that. And then, this is the thing that really got me, and I just read this last week, was that um, for past general conferences, right? Mm -hmm. At this point, like, let's say you're talking about the 2016 general conference, right? Let's just use that as an example. If I'm a delegate from Africa, and and I've been elected by my conference, I'm supposed to go to general conference and represent... In twenty in the in August of twenty sixteen, by this time February of twenty sixteen, I would have received an invitation from the General Conference of the United Methodist Church, so that I could take that invitation to the local consulate to apply for my visa. Like that's they they get and those it expedite, those it helps in, expedite it, the process. Yes, it makes the process super easy. Um, 
and that has been it you know in february of the year when it's going to happen those invitations are going out or are out those invitations have not been sent yet hmm. so Kristen, thank you for joining us. She's heading out, so in case you don't hear her talking, I got again. a quick errand. I'll try to be back before they wrap up. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it though. All right, but it's not that she doesn't have a voice or that she fell asleep. It's just she's got to go do other stuff. So to make to to reiterate that, so those invitations have not been sent yet, which speaks to I mean, and I hate to be like conspiracy, you know, like, but it just because why have we not sent those invitations? It, it's pretty obvious. It, it can't, you, you know, it's not a lot of reading between the lines to understand. There, there's a, there's a great. I'm trying to be optimistic here and think good thoughts. But there, but to me, it, it's, it's a, a fear thing. There's a fear factor yep. here. Are we, are we gonna uh, have did to? I, did I pay? Do we have to pay anything? Sorry. Are we gonna have to eat like, like slugs or whatever? No, no. Uh, okay. No, like to me, the whole self-preservation. You yep. know, uh, there's, there's, there's some. Greed involved. Um, mm. That's not that's not too strong a word in no. my opinion. No, about no, this. no, it's not. It's accurate. Uh, yeah, and and again, it's like let's hang on, let's white knuckle what we've got, and it's and it's create. Number one, we've th- that's symptomatic though of mm-hmm. the bigger problem. Yes, you know when when you leave when you leave the Bible behind <laughs> when you leave Scripture behind mm-hmm. as your governing. Yep. Authority. Yep. You know, much less. Oh my gosh, the deity of Christ. Let's just get into like that. You know, that's just like right on down the line. Mm-hmm. Then you get humans. Yep. Doing things out of flesh. Yep. And that's to me what it it's, sounds like, smells like, tastes like, <laughs> all the stuff. And that's the slope we're down. And I would even go so far, Justin, to say even our man-made book of discipline, right? Is not being adhered to. So I mean, it's but like even that bump, is, bump the bump the Bible and bump that. Even the man-made structure is not being. But adhered the foundation to. of that correct was is scripture. Yes, is scripture. I mean, yeah. And I mean, now the they're first, saying, well, yeah. we just yeah. toss that out yeah. because it doesn't no longer apply. Yeah, the first couple Modernism of pages and, of the Book of Discipline are the Articles of Religion, yeah. and you know that go go back to you know Westminster's you yeah. know stuff. So I mean, it's like this is who we are. This is what we believe. Um, and so I think there's there's these issues of why it hasn't happened to go back to your question josh is okay so what if general conference 2022 doesn't happen doesn't happen okay so this is where we are um so here's we've got this plan um what 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 i was getting at was yeah just talking about that they were going to push it off until 2024 oh yeah well that's and that i just wanted to get that timeline established and this is i mean this is kind of just and then we can d- um, dive into this is speculation, but it's kind of founded on um, you know history and experience. I will say, not mine. This is others. Is that if twenty twenty two is canceled, that there will not be a twenty twenty three general conference. They will go ahead and say, let's get back on the quadrennium every four years, and let's just do twenty twenty four. So th- that and again, that is just speculation based on experience and understanding of past decisions it makes um, sense it does yeah. it does um that way they wouldn't have to have one back to back right know, right to get to get to back get back on, on their ske- set right. schedule yeah so th- those are those are some of the things now 
with this, um, so I mentioned the protocol. Um, it's got to be voted on at general conference, but we're having trouble having a general conference, which makes it really, really difficult. And just, I don't know if I mentioned it, but over 50% of the delegates that are supposed to uh, represent at general conference are from, from outside the United States. So this is why this is so important. Um, another uh, issue that has created uh I don't know, greater uh, urgency among Orthodox conservative uh, people is that um, if there are, there are some other agencies and, and leadership positions um, that want to meet and they want to meet in person or they want to meet online. For instance, the council on bishops, we've got bishops that are retiring. They're, they're at retirement age and they need to retire but in order for them to retire, there needs to be other bishops coming in, and uh, a conference needs to happen for those bishops to be elected. And so there's been some movement to try to say, hey, we want to have the conference to elect the bishops, but we don't want to have a conference to talk about the protocol. I remember you mentioning yeah, that. Yeah, and like... that, that went on this past year, which, I, I mean, it, it was my, again, speculation, but from what people, you know— much higher up and smarter than I, and, and I'm talking to articles and things, was that, that there was really a big push for General Conference 2021 to happen, but only to address the election of bishops and not address anything else, and to do it online. But they said, we're not going to talk about the protocol online or do a Zoom or anything. And I, I kind of understand that. I mean, you know, I mean, no, if you want to get I down to, I mean, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole thing about the time like we're on different times on the globe and yeah. and people don't have access to internet like we do and whatnot. But people were like, you could do regional meetings, like all the African delegates could meet at this place, and yeah. we'll make sure that they're set up. And all the you know people in uh, you know in South America could meet mm-hmm. here and there. Yep. And so there, there's, there's there's options. A way. There's, there's a way. There there are ways. Yes. So, um, so there's just all these little things that you go, why is this, you know, again, I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm trying to think positively about this, but so as of today, so February 15th, we are on when we're recording this, Mm -hmm. there's no official statement about if general conference will happen this August, we should know in the next few weeks. Now, while churches wait for the third year, (laughs) For a general conference to be planned and convened and hopefully vote on the protocol in favor of the protocol, um, which is not guaranteed. While that's happening, we are still part of the United Methodist Church. We are still paying our apportionments and our fees. We are still held to, you know, everything that we are in there and a part of. Now, um, here's here's where, again, that clock ticking and things feeling like, oh, we got to do something. A landmark decision was made in 2019 that allowed, a provision was given to allow churches who are basically saying these irreconcilable differences uh, among one of them being on the issue of sexuality, um, that churches that wish to depart the United Methodist Church could do so, but they had to do so by, they had to turn in their paperwork, if you will, by April 1st. 2023 okay so that's a little more than a year from now from now thus far 16 churches in the south georgia conference that we're part of have done this it's called a disaffiliation Mm -hmm. um and they have disaffiliated and they've paid there's a there's a fee that comes with choosing to disaffiliate basically you pay 
your previous year's apportionments, if you haven't paid them already, you pay 100% of those, and you pay a the next 12 months of apportionments, even if you're not going to be a part of it. And then there's some other uh, pension liabilities and things that must be paid. Um, and so 16 churches have done this thus far. They've paid the, as I would just, to make it easy, exit fees um, that are required by the conference. And they've been able to keep their property, their buildings, their accounts, and disaffiliate from the church. Um, some of them have joined other associations. Some have gone independent. Some have joined the Free Methodist. I mean, there's just different ones. And there are several more churches just in the South Georgia Conference who are currently planning to begin this process this year. Um, I'm not going to, you know, say names and stuff like that, but there, there are definitely churches that are in the process of doing that. Um, now there is, and this is where kind of we are and where our ministry board is. Here's the deal. The window for this provision for churches to disaffiliate, to pay the fees and all that, it is closing in a little more than one year. And there's no guarantee that that window is going to reopen. No guarantee. And there are definitely people who are wanting that provision to be gone. Yeah. I could, I could see why. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, our ministry board met on February 8th and at that meeting, uh, we unanimously agreed, voted to begin to pursue. That's the, the key word there. Pursue, um, what we're calling a conditional disaffiliation from the South Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church. And this by no means is a done deal. It doesn't mean that we're out and we're done and we're free and we can go do whatever we want. The decision to disaffiliate, um, first of all, to pursue it means we start making phone calls and, you know, talking to our district superintendent. We talk to people at the conference and we find out what exactly those fees would be Mm -hmm. and, and those kinds of things. So there's many steps that have to happen. But then, and this is the most important part, and one of the main reasons we're talking about it on the podcast is that the final decision for the Porch Community Church to, uh, pursue, to pursue a conditional disaffiliation is for the congregation, those who are ministry partners of the Porch, mm-hmm. to vote on it. It's one of the few times that the entire congregation is able to vote. Um, it happens at a charge conference and or a church conference, and this mm-hmm. is what we would have as a church conference to allow people to vote and a special church conference it we're would, not yeah. waiting for something to come around right we and and so part of this what with the ministry board what we by making the decision we did when we contact the di- district superintendent the next question is we we would like you to because we can't call a church conference the district superintendent Correct. has to and um and so we've asked our district superintendent to call a church conference so that we can have the vote and so in the meantime we want to have as many conversations as we can to help people know what's happening and And what's going on and there's a deadline for this vote correct yes so um we must if we want to um disaffiliate um and if general commerce doesn't happen and nothing changes and that protocol doesn't happen because the protocol happens that's wonderful we could exit with no um, fees and we're out of the trust clause, which is Hint, wonderful. Hence the conditional. Yes, that's why it's conditional, and I'll mention a little bit more of that in a moment. But um, the deadline for all this is for 2022 mm-hmm. because is April 1st, 2022, that we have to have had a church conference and have voted, and that just 
continues the steps because then that is then brought before the South Georgia Conference and they can uh, ratify that at the June annual conference. Correct. Am I just given too much? No. no. All right, good, good, good. So, um, and, and just to reiterate, like, so who are ministry partners at the church? Well, if you are age 12 and up and you signed the charter book, when we chartered in during, we had the book open, if you will, for June and July of 2019. Yeah. So if you're 12, age 12 and up, and you've and you signed that book, then you are a ministry partner. Or since then, if you have uh, partnered in ministry during uh, a worship service, uh, and and I welcomed you into the church, mm-hmm. um, then then that that happened, and you filled out a form and that kind of thing. So. One of the things we've uh, I wanted to mention people is you're, if you're not sure of your ministry partner status, then um, contact Kristen, Kristen at theporchcc.com, and she mm-hmm. can check and see how we have you in the system. And that's K R I S T I N. Oh yes, it is. Yeah. You know, not E N. Yeah, not E N. Spelled lots of different ways. Yeah. So Kristen at theporchcc.com. Kristen with an I. Yeah, all eyes. All eyes. Those are the only vowels in her name. Yep. Eyes. So, so um. Here's so if, if the congregational vote to for a conditional disaffiliation were to occur after April first, twenty twenty two, that wouldn't be the end of the world, but it would mean we would most definitely pay another year of apportionments of those fees that we pay to the conference, which are currently about thirty thousand dollars. Next year it would go up, probably in the forty two, forty three range. If because I of guess. the progression. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, cycle. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the word. Yep. Um, and and when we get down to numbers, um, and I'm and I'm going like I am definitely going high numbers here just to even have an idea. I think the the highest number, if we were to try to disaffiliate this year and the protocol doesn't happen, is we're looking at about a hundred and ninety thousand dollars, and that's a high number for us to disaffiliate. Um, and and I know that's a lot of money. I mean, you know, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, the the good thing and the blessing is that we have that in our savings. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, when you look at um, the appraisal of our property and what we have here, um, that that's a that's you're getting a good deal. And then you're no longer you're no longer paying those annual annual fees. So that yeah. you pay. And it's never going to be lower. Than it is right now. That's the other. That's thing. That's a very good yes. point. Yeah, it's, it's never only going to increase. It's only going to increase. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's, that's a, why that, the window is so important. Yeah. So there's yeah. several factors that the 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 window the the cost will increase. Um, there are these deadlines that keep us from having to incur more costs if we were to make the decision. Because, you know, I know how a lot of people are. Is, well, can we wait like one more year and just see what happens? And I get that. Um, and you go, yeah. Add on, um, you know. Ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to the number at minimum, you know, at right? Minimum. At minimum, right? Yeah. So, so here's um, were you about to ask well, something, Josh? And so, yeah. after the congressional vote, we don't know when that will be yet. Correct. Because the twenty second is not the vote. Correct. The twenty second is an is a meeting for us to get together and um, hear from some some colleagues, some ministry colleagues. Uh, I've asked Jimmy Towson from Park Avenue mm-hmm. uh, to be here. Um, he's uh, f- a former attorney, which is great. <laughs> um, and he's been a great sounding board just for me personally. But um, we've asked him to come and kind of talk through a lot of these things to share with anyone who wants to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, February 22nd at 6 p.m. 
in the auditorium. I would have to double yeah. check. It's the, a Tuesday, at six yes. o'clock. So. Uh, so. Um, next Tuesday, when you yes, hear this. Yes, yeah. next Tuesday. So when the vote does happen, mm-hmm. and if it if it's a no, it's dead, and and that's the way it is. But if it's a positive about uh, disaffiliation, that's not like you're saying. All oh, that's that. That also means it's not a done deal yet. It's got to go to our annual conference. Yes, yeah. There's there are definitely it's steps. a process. It's a process. So there's just more steps to be had yeah. than than just the yeah. congregational. Welcome vote. back, Kristen. Thanks. I probably couldn't have said anything, and no one would have noticed. I was going to say, did y'all figure it all out real yeah, quick? We, it's all solved. We, we're all, all figured excellent. Out. excellent. She, they all probably would have said it's all done. They probably would have went. Well, she didn't speak up when we were talking about her email. I know, right? Yeah. 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 Why didn't Very. you talk when we were talking about your email? Well, it's because I left. Remember, she said that. Yeah. <laughs> she left. She said, bye, Kristen. We talked about the, been quiet the only the vowels time. in your name are I's. In your first name. In my first name, yeah. And yeah. before I got married, in my last name. Oh. That's why my mom did Very. it. Really? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I did and not I, even think about vowels when I named my daughter. So, anyway. Thanks, Tammy. <laughs> Thanks, Teesburg. Okay, so, all right. What are the determining factors for disaffiliation i think that's here's a question and and if you've been paying attention to the timelines i've mentioned they might not seem to line up so i'll repeat them though so how can this conditional nature of our disaffiliation that we're saying that the board has already said we want to pursue this because it's conditional how can it be determined if general conference which is to be held in august or september of this year if it is occurring after the annual conference that we have in South Georgia in June, which that's already been, that date's already been set. So you're saying, okay, annual conference is in June, but general conference would meet to a couple months later. How do we know if a protocol is going to pass? Like, how do we know this? Okay. The importance of the June annual conference, South Georgia conference, is that our disaffiliation request could be ratified then that we could have gone through all the steps that we need to do according to our book of discipline because we want to adhere to the book of discipline mm-hmm. which is a whole other ironic thing where sometimes the discipline is important and sometimes it's not in this whole greater conversation <laughs> um but so that we would um do everything possible in that and that our disaffiliation can be that request can be ratified then at the annual conference because people vote on that what that does is it basically, it gives us the keys to unlock. This is the, the, the picture I had in my mind. It gives us the keys to unlock the door to leave the denomination. But it doesn't shove us out the door. Okay? It just, now we have the keys to go forth. Okay? We have been given that, that permission to do so. Um, because we're, we're not removed from the, we're not removed from the denomination. Everything is not done, final, and everything until we give a check to the conference paying the last cent on the disaffiliation costs. And I would say that in many ways this is this is the con- this is the conditions behind mm-hmm. this is that this gives us um, the keys to go forward, okay? But we so what we do, this is the idea is that we continue on the process to disaffiliate and we ask South Georgia Conference in June to approve our disaffiliation regardless of the possibilities that are still in front of us. And here are the possibilities, just to reiterate. If General Conference meets in August 22 and passes the protocol, then the disaffiliation path that we have, we now have the keys to go down, it's not necessary. And we, we leave the United Methodist Church via the protocol path 
And so we don't have to write that check. That's one possibility. The other possibility is if general conference does not meet or if general conference meets, but the protocol does not pass, then <laughs> the South Georgia annual conference calling another meeting, a special called meeting. So they'll, they're meeting in June, no matter what, but if, if, if the protocol does not pass, then they're going to call a special meeting. The hope is after general conference. So we would regather and, um, we could vote to leave the United Methodist Church as a conference. If that happens, we would drop the disaffiliation. We would drop the keys and go with the annual conference at no cost. But that's that's not a guarantee. Like that's still being written right now. There that that's going before the judicial council for them to rule on whether even that's constitutional for a whole conference to leave. So that's a whole that's a side thing. And then here's another possibility. So one of the conditions of going with the annual conference, and this is important. So let's say the annual conference is able to leave, right? This is all conditional. One of the conditions is if uh, it should leave the UMC, it's that as they leave, there will not be a trust clause in the new iteration of this conference. Um, and that it would be traditional and conservative in its understanding and teaching and everything. And that as soon as the global Methodist church was able to establish itself as a denomination, because right now it's just in name only, they're not an official denomination. As soon as that denomination forms that that conference would align with them. And that's to keep, uh, uh, I don't know, to make sure that, that, that we're moving in that direction of being, a traditional and conservative and how we go forward. And if these conditions are not agreed upon, then we still have the keys and then we are able to continue with the disaffiliation, write a check and proceed forward. That's the conditions of all of this. So another way to think of this is basically it has to do with the effective date of the disaffiliation. It is not seen as effective until we actually pay all the disaffiliation fees to the conference and so we could, they could vote in June and approve us to disaffiliate. But if we don't give them the check until September, then, then we're not really disaffiliated until then. So we're kind of holding that. So what we do is we wait to see what happens with general conference and with a special called annual conference if needed before we send that check to finalize the disaffiliation. So, woo! That's a lot. Did we just put you, people? No, you did that very well. You really yeah, do that there's really no way well. I could have done it. Well, thank you. I've been staring at it for a while, so so we should know by the end of uh, in the next few weeks if general conference will be will meet in August or September of 2022, which will then determine like it, once we find out okay GC's not meeting, then the annual conference has to go okay are we gonna are what are we gonna do? So all these things will kind of start to to reveal itself mm -hmm. as we go forward. But since we have a ticking clock for the April first deadline, Correct. we have to keep we have to we have our, to keep moving down the line. Yes, affairs in yes. order. If we want to, yes. and that's going to be up to the congregation. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever that uh, church conference is called, and we're able to have that, mm -hmm. so, woo, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Final thoughts, friends. Thanks for sitting in on this. Um, yeah, I think my final thought would be for those for those listening that are part of our church that just have no clue, or maybe you don't care uh, about any of this. I, I, I mean, I think, you know, so part of you, sh we should 
care. But the other thing is, is you can trust your leadership mm-hmm. uh, to stand on the authority of Scripture, and that's a big one. Like yes. for us, we're in, in a in a in a modern, postmodern age, post-Christian age, that says the Bible is no longer valid, or it's no longer. We, we can kind of take it, you know, and or take it or leave it, or there's yeah. some parts we need to leave out, and all that stuff. You can trust us to stand on that, to preach that, to teach that, to to you know. Th- there's no other way for lives to be transformed or changed than through uh-huh. the, the Word of God. So for me, that's that's my takeaway. I'm going. You know what we. We're gonna no matter. We're gonna do what we need to do to stand on on scripture as as our authority. So, amen. Yeah, and pray for us as we continue to yeah. navigate all of this. Yeah. For you guys, it's it can be easy to just listen to us and say, okay, it's not gonna affect my day to day, but it really does affect the four of us, especially Shannon, as she navigates all of this and helps us. So, pray for us first of all, and second of all, if any of this isn't clear, let us know. Send us a text. Send us an email. Let us help you understand it fully so that you have a really clear picture and just like justin said know that we are going to continue to stand on the word of god and what is true and we want to make sure that we do uh this disaffiliation process with as much grace as possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. josh i mean y'all have said it i mean <laughs> these two series we're, we've done the, the, the last know, two series right? are so mm-hmm. timely now it's yep. just like how in the world yep. that was yep. the timing's great yeah and even looking forward um for our series in lent the the series uh whatever whatever, whatever. on philippians 4 is just gonna be yeah um and i've been working on that that message on march 6th and and even there we're gonna talk about this a little bit because kind of the key the key thought in in that march 6th message for whatever is, is that freedom is created by godly boundaries Mm-hmm. And it's within those boundaries that we experience freedom. Yeah. Um, so I think to to say what Justin just said again is that nothing will change in the day-to-day, the Sunday-to-Sunday functioning of the Porch Community Church. We are who we are. We'll continue living with our DNA of, of sharing the gospel and being real in a world where <laughs> it, it's desperate for authenticity, I think. Um, and following Jesus for our community. It's, it's why we have it in our name and it's who we are. So nothing's going to change about that. Um, so, uh, yes, please be in prayer for us. Uh, pray for God's continued wisdom to be poured out and for the gospel of Jesus to be the most important thing on our hearts and minds at all times. So Absolutely. that's really for sure. So February 22nd, Tuesday at 6 o'clock in the auditorium, we're going to have a special gathering. Uh-huh. Yep. And tell us what we're going to be talking about all this stuff. All this stuff. You can ask questions. Uh, you'll hear much probably clearer answers than you received from me, from our friend Jimmy Towson. And, um, yeah, it'll just be a good night. And we encourage anyone to come, even if you're not a ministry partner, but you want to know what's going on. Like, you're like, hey, I haven't done the whole official thing yet, but, like, this is my church, and I want to know what's happening. So yeah, you if you're passionate about the Porch Community Church, you should be here. That's right. Absolutely. 6 o'clock, February 22nd, Tuesday. Be here. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks for Justin me. and Kristen. Bye. Yeah, yep. thanks for being a part see of it. Bye. It was awesome. All right. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.